Alabama had a lot of subtle stars in this game against Ole Miss, one of them being a true freshman. You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, Alabama had some stars this past weekend, and some of them a little more subtle and surprising than others. One of them, in my opinion, was Jalen Hill. He had two big catches, uh, one of them being a touchdown. Both his catches were very nice. I mean, over 30 yards each. And um, that catch for the touchdown was magnificent. And also, it should be noted, fabulous throw by Jalen Milrow under pressure. He got hit. Um, I thought it was kind of cool. If you watch the replay, he gets hit, uh, has the wind knocked out of him, apparently. He's on the ground sort of rolling around. Number one, it's kind of funny that I was there and the whole crowd was gasping like, um, what are we going to do without Jalen Milrow? Two weeks ago, everybody was like, what can we do about getting rid of Jalen Milrow? Um, but then it's like uh, the trainer uh, said to him, hey, it was a touchdown. And he got up and had all this enthusiasm. I, I mean, you had to love that. And some people on Twitter have said, Luke, I think you found your Jake Coker moment. Maybe we did, but go back to Jalen. Yeah, the whole the student section, because uh, I sit near the student section, the students were chanting Milrow, Milrow, when he got up and did a celebration. And I, and I had the same thought. I'm like, boy, two weeks ago, they were chanting, you know, for Buckner or Simpson. And, and then two weeks two, later, it's – Two weeks he, he ago, lit. it was got to go, got to go. <laughs> got to go, okay, exactly. And, uh, and now he's getting his own uh, chant from the student section. So that's quite the metamorphosis. No, but I know you started talking about Jalen Hale – what a story. You know, it's not easy to break into this rotation. That's what's, you know, beyond the, the great touchdown catch and the other catch, Alabama had a pretty strong six-man rotation at wide receiver. Corey Brooks, proven Jermaine Burton, having the best year of his career. Malik Benson, we know, is going to be a really good player. Kobe Prentice has caught a bunch of balls. We know Isaiah Bond's good. And then uh, Kendrick Law, the staff loves him. He's returning kicks. So you're like, there's no room for anyone else. How is anyone else going to get in the rotation? Yet Jalen Hale clearly doing so well on the practice field. They're just making room for him. And now that they have, and now that he's in the games and playing snaps, boom, he makes a massive impact. Uh, and uh, he's clearly on track to have a heck of a career. Um, and it's pretty cool. He's got the same first name as the quarterback. So th th those won't be the last uh, Jalen to Jalen uh plays that we see for not just this year, but but probably in the future. Uh, Hale, big-time talent. Man, he can do it all. He can vertical threat, good hands, catches a ball. I get the feeling he's a tough kid, too. You know, um, if he keeps playing this well, we're going to have to take him to one of those single-digit numbers. I mean, that's what happens <laughs> with our good receivers is we bump them down to, like, number six, number – Four, you know, something number eleven, something like that. Well, he started out eighty-two, even in yeah. practice. I, I think well, he obviously wore eighty-two. I think in the spring, I think he wore eighty-two the first handful of fall camp practices before they switched him over to fourteen. Uh, once it was official that Theo Jones Bell, who had been wearing fourteen, once he left, I guess Hale was like, "Hey, uh, I like Jones Bell's number better than this 82. i I'm no uh, tight end. It's, it's so funny. Uh, a guy just texted us that uh, you and I are on the same text thread. 
a listener of the show, he says, how long before we get any straight to hail jokes? And uh, hey, we've already sort of had a couple of them. There hail, you go. yeah, we're going to do them. You just got um, one. So that's what Jalen Milrow. That's what Jalen Milrow said. Uh, you know, when he went to the sidelines, they're like, uh, "What do you want to do? What do you want to do here?" And he's like, uh, "I'm going straight to hell." Just like my mama said. Because uh, so <laughs> no doubt, Jalen's a huge fan of that song. Driving no and crying. He, he, he knows driving and crying. Driving and crying Big driving um, and crying fan. So, who else was a subtle star in your opinion? Was there anybody else that you were like, "Hey, that guy yeah. played well upon second watch." Yeah, and uh, I'll tell you, it's uh, I'm going to name three guys because they all played basically the same spot, and they all had to step up. Deontay Lawson had been our best defensive football player through three games. The best player we had on defense, first three games, number 32, Deontay Lawson. Then he gets that ankle sprain, and it's bad, by the way. We haven't really talked about it, but he's he's got the dreaded high ankle sprain. I'm assuming, this is just me assuming, he's going to have to have that tightrope surgery. Uh, that's going to put him out, you know, so he'll be out. Um, now, the the subtle stars to me, I want to mention Trez Marshall, Jahad Campbell, and Kendrick Blackshire. Uh, all three of them took all the snaps inside, and they all played extremely well, all of them. Uh, and, and with Blackshire and, and Campbell being sort of new to the lineup, a particular shout-out to them. But uh, I, I thought they were all great. To the point, Luke, this is crazy. This shows the depth. Deontay's the best player we got on defense, right? He's going to be out for I don't know how many weeks, two weeks, three weeks longer. I'm not even worried about it. Not even worried. I, I, I think Trez and Kendrick and Jihad, they got this. They'll, they'll be more than fine. I think Alabama will continue to play at an all-star level at inside linebacker. And, uh, you know, I'm a guy that's kind of been defensive to some degree of Pete Golding over the years. You know, Golding got a lot of criticism from you, Luke, and from certainly a lot of people in social media on the message boards. And I was a little more like, ah, I think people go too far in the criticism. Let me let me criticize here. I think the play of our inside linebackers recently backs up what I was saying the whole time about Pete, which is I think he gets too much grief as the DC, but maybe not enough grief as the inside linebacker coach. And I do think that the play of the inside linebackers has been so good that it's sort of, I, I think we're getting coached better at that spot. I'll just say that. Uh, and and be, be fair to Pete, Pete had never coached inside linebackers his life before he came down, didn't play the position, never coached the position. He comes to the biggest stage in college football and they're like, Hey, you're a linebacker coach now. So that's not so much hundred percent on him, but uh, man, I think we are coached really well because Robert Bala is the inside linebacker coach, young guy doing a great job, but Kevin Steele, who doesn't have a position to coach as just the defensive coordinator, I think he's paid special attention to that spot. So it's kind of a Bala and Steele production inside, and man, is it paying off. Yeah, it really is, and, and you're right. I mean, there's a great video out there of the hit Jihad Campbell had where he knocks Jackson's dart and helmets off, and, and it was a, a very clean hit, just a, just a hard hit. Um, Jimmy, we also are going to talk a little bit about how the defense is coming on as a whole here in a second. Like a thorough proctologist, we're going to get to the bottom of that here in just a second. But right now, I want to tell you, I want to tell you about LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can mean so much to your business. There is no doubt about that. 
Um, you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team, helps you find them faster and for free. All you got to do is go to LinkedIn Jobs, then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. That's what you want to go there for. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to hire. It's why small business rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to find and want to talk to and helps you find them faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions probably will apply. All right, Jimmy, let's talk about how the defense is coming on. All of a sudden, you know, I think everybody should be kind of happy. This At the beginning of the year, uh, or during the summer, I should say, I think everybody was like, okay, it's time to get back to basics, run the football, solid defense. I mean, spectacular defense, not solid. And, you know, if the defense that played Saturday had played that way against Texas, we win that game. I believe that. Um but I think that they've um, they've sort of begun to come into their own. It took a few games, obviously, but they've come into their own. And they're, they're looking great. Dallas Turner now leads the SEC with four and a half sacks. Chris Braswell has three and a half and not too terribly far behind. Um, Dallas Turner, the last two games, has been practically unstoppable. And uh, he's going to have another great shot this weekend. I mean, you're going to be playing a team that's more of a drop back kind of thing versus the, you know, one step drop, throw the ball out, I think. Uh, so he's going to have a shot to get some more sacks this weekend. Look, we keep talking about the sacks Alabama's given up, and that's true. Alabama has given up a lot of sacks, about as many as anybody out there. I'm hoping that's going to get better shortly, but I'm so thrilled that Alabama is starting to get a lot of sacks themselves now. Yeah, defense playing uh, even better. I think they've been pretty good most of the year. You know, uh, first game, they only give up seven points, Middle Tennessee. Second game against Texas, the fourth quarter was a complete and utter disaster, and a lot of that's at the feet of the defense, and and, and we have to uh, to remember that all year when they're playing well as well. Fourth quarter against Texas, pretty rough. But the first three quarters against Texas, they gave up 13 points, uh, which is good against a, a, an offense as talented as theirs, and then they only give up three in South Florida despite not getting any help at all from the offense. And then uh, this past week against Ole Miss, or definitely, as Luke said, their best performance of the year. I mean, that, that that's when I think they sort of announced themselves as, hey, well, y'all weren't paying attention to Alabama defense. We're elite again. And I really believe they are elite. I don't think this is just a group playing well right now or a matchup. I think this is a really, really good defense. Uh, I, I, I'll go as so far, Lucas, to say I think by year's end, this is the number one defense in the SEC, which is saying a lot. But, hey, it's the personnel. I mean, everything is lined up for these guys. But the personnel is really good. I'm going to write about it later today on DOL about the personnel on defense and who all is playing good. It's basically the whole lineup and others. I just went over those inside linebackers. You just went over those outside linebackers. Kool-Aid and Terrion Arnold, are we trading them for any other cornerback duo in college football? Caleb Downs, spectacular at safety for a freshman. He's still got some, some experience he needs to gain, but Caleb's been great. Malachi is the best DB we got, which is saying a lot because Kool-Aid and Terry and Arnold might be first-round picks. Malachi is the best college defensive back we've got. Um, and up front, Tim Smith, finally, I think, has become the player we all wanted him to be. Tim Keenan 
who would have guessed he could rush the passer well? He He's not going to rack up sacks, but that dude gets good push from the inside in the pocket. Jaheim Otis is a good player. We know a Boydby's good. Damon Payne, coupled with Dallas Turner, made one of the biggest plays of the weekend, uh, stopping Ole Miss on one of their uh, short yardage plays. This defense as a whole, the personnel is great. They're coached very well by the old man, and I'm going to call him the old man because Nick Saban, you know, I don't want to call Nick Saban the old man, <laughs> so let's call Kevin Steele the old man. Uh, Kevin Steele doing a great job coordinating this defense, no matter if he's calling the plays or T-Rob, it doesn't matter. They're, they're, they're playing extremely well, and the defense is why, Luke, we have a chance to go on the road in a stretch that is really, really tough, and when if you're out there like, eh, I'm not impressed by Mississippi State. I'm not impressed by Texas A&M. Luke, take Georgia out of the equation. Take Georgia out. What other SEC team would definitely win in Starkville and in College Station both back-to-back weeks? Who would definitely do that other than Georgia? Nobody. Oh, you're muted, and you probably had a really good answer. We're not getting to hear your answer. We're not getting to hear that answer. I'm sure it's great. Probably now we'll go to commercial. <laughs> probably, probably LSU, but because probably I only LSU. say that because they've already destroyed Mississippi State. But after seeing them this past weekend against Arkansas, I'm wondering. Now I'll say this: I think a lot of people are going to be high on Texas A&M right now. I watched the game against Auburn. Neither one of those teams look good. Neither right. one of them. Um, yeah, and I'm so, not trying to make them out and to be something that they're not. not. I know but, you're not. Beating an SEC team on the road, back-to-back games. Hey, Georgia can do it for sure. I'm with Luke. I'm with maybe LSU, maybe A&M, maybe Tennessee, maybe Alabama. But I'm only giving Alabama maybe. I want to see them do it because the last 10 road games really has not been typical Nick Saban Alabama the last going over three seasons now. Alabama has not played great on the road. Only one easy win, ironically, over Mississippi State and Starkville. One pretty good win. Somebody pointed out I wasn't giving Alabama enough credit for beating Ole Miss and Oxford last year. That was a top 20 team on the road. And we've got to remember to stop holding Alabama all the time to the impossible Saban standard. And uh, remember that (laughs) beating a top 20 team on the road is hard to do. Uh, and, and and Saban made us forget that for a while. You know, it's so funny when you compare uh, Alabama to, to anybody but themselves, but um, I was thinking about this today. I mean, how the outlook on these two programs, Alabama and Clemson, is so drastically different right now. Clemson uh, lost on the road a, a tough game. to I mean, They got the hell beat out of them by Duke. Um, but then they lose at home you know, on a missed field goal, essentially, against uh, a good FSU team. Uh, Alabama takes care of business at home, and it feels like, all right, Alabama's sort of back, and Clemson's like in the doldrums. I mean, it's and, – and really, Clemson's still one of the premier programs in the country, but that's how quickly the whole nation can turn on it. And maybe we wouldn't be saying that if they made that kick. Exactly. No, if, if they if they make that kick and Ole Miss beats Alabama, we're, it's, the roles are reversed. It's the other way around. No, that's a great observation. And so – Totally true. They'd say, well, Alabama is off the rails, but Clemson's back. And it just came. It was a 29-yard field goal. I mean, that's – Reichard makes that left-footed. 
You know what I mean? Well, it's I mean, funny. That, that's 29 it's yards. It's funny because um, Debo said, you know, this guy apparently is, is – I mean, I don't know the whole story, but he's very uh, green. And Debo said it's either going to be spectacular or it's going to be awful. And he made all three extra points, already made a longer field goal than that, and then missed that one. So, I mean, he, Debo was absolutely correct. Um, now, Jimmy, when we come back, we want to talk about a couple of he's little – green. He's probably not getting enough oxygen. You would think they could – you think they could address that? Maybe, maybe. Uh, Way to go, gonna, trainer. <laughs> trainer lost the game, wasn't getting enough oxygen to the kicker. When we come back, we're going to talk about a little bit of recruiting, but also some Batman in the NFL, especially one quarterback that uh, if he's got any doubters left, they need to go into hiding. <laughs> oh. Jimmy, I need to tell everybody about Athletic Brewing Company. <laughs> I didn't know what you were doing right there. I, I'm wearing this in honor of one of our uh, quarterbacks. Okay. Do you, what, know, do you know what I'm talking about? AJ yeah, McCarron. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Okay. But okay. Um, all right. Let me get this live read, interrupting man. Uh, now it's time for your game changer of the week, brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. That game changer of the week was Dallas Turner. Five total tackles, two sacks, Dallas. three and a half tackles for a loss. Those were just unbelievable numbers. He did a fantastic job. And much like Dallas Turner, Athletic Brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. These things are awesome. I've had them. They've got all different types of flavors. They sent us some samples, and I just love these things. They are absolutely delicious. Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good, full flavor, and well-crafted, just like a full-strength beer. Their brews are great testing and award-winning and beat out full-strength beers in global competitions. They brew over 50, 50 styles of craft non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, golden sours, and more. And they're constantly releasing limited edition experimental styles to add to their variety. They're fit for all times, whether you're working out, whether you're just hanging out, watching a game, or at your kid's game. They're easy and they taste delicious. You can have them anywhere. You can find Athletic Brewing Company non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers use code LOCKEDON for 15% off your first online order. That's code LOCKEDON at checkout for 15% off at Athletic Brewing near beer. Exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company fit for all times. So, Jimmy, a uh, couple of recruiting notes. First of all, Daniel Hill was on his visit. Sounded like things go went really well. You've said this before, and it, every time he talks, it feels this way. His parents adore Alabama. He likes Alabama. I think we just we, we got to do a little bit more work, but I think Daniel Hill will end up being in this class right now. Secondly, is there any update if whether or not QB Reese, the linebacker from Ramsey, is committed yet or not? Um, at BOL, we are, this is our position at BOL. Uh, the kid committed publicly, so he is on our commitment list. I know we don't have a whole lot more to say than that. <laughs> so let, let the between the lines reading begin. But uh, no, the kid committed publicly to Alabama, remains committed on his Twitter account. And while he on his Twitter account remains committed to Alabama, he's going to be on the on three commitment list. Uh, I like QB Reese a ton, by the way. I, I do. And I know people say, yeah, yeah, but you like most of them. Yeah, I do, because, you know, Nick Saban is the best evaluator of all time. So if if I happen to agree a lot with Nick Saban, that makes me smart, smart. not a parrot, just smart. You know, a lot of schools, hey, for y'all want some inside baseball? A lot of schools offer kids because Alabama has. De dead serious, dead serious. A lot of schools offer a kid 
based on the fact that Alabama has. So, uh, but anyway, QB Reese, I'm a fan, super productive, uh, wants it real bad. Dab was a superstar prospect at Auburn. Dab was actually a different type prospect, kind of longer, bigger, kind of more of a five-star type. I don't think he was a five-star literally, but but in that neighborhood. Uh, QB's a little undersized. It's kept the recruiting, you know, but I'll tell you who liked QB Reese a ton, and this is why I like him. Let's be honest. This is why I like him more than anything else, and I'm not talking about looking at his tape, but I want you all to get excited about this. You know where his best offer was before Alabama's? Liberty. Liberty loves him. Liberty wanted him. Who was the Liberty coach that offered him? Robert Bala. I hmm. trust that guy. I, I try, and, and so Bala knows this kid's game. And Bala's now been at Alabama coaching our inside linebackers. And who does he want to be in his inside linebacker room? QB Reese. That's good enough for me. I mean, because we got to think as fans, as fans, we're betting some emotion. Or Hey, I got an opinion. I, I just work in the media, right? So I have an opinion. Robert Bala is betting his career on kids he wants to take. It's his career. It's his sizable paycheck he's betting on. And that's why I'm not saying carte blanche, you should just trust the coaches and stop having your own opinion about recruiting. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm just saying, just always remember what's riding on it for them as opposed to what's riding on it for us and our opinions, you know, but uh, I like QB Reese. I'm a big fan. I hope it sticks. I also heard, uh, I'm trying to get some more information about this, but I think Sterling Dixon who, by the way, is extremely similar to QB Reese as a prospect. They're a lot alike. Sterling got hurt uh, this past weekend in the Spanish Fort game, and I'm uh, still trying to get information or, or get more information about, you know, how bad it is. But he, he may be out for the year. Jimmy, I want to talk a little bit about Batman in the NFL. I'm going to say I'm going to talk mostly about one cat, but, uh, you know, one of them mentioned Not this Ryan quarterback. Batman. Not yeah. this quarterback. Not that quarterback, this, not AJ McCarron, but kudos to AJ Wearing this today for AJ. Um, yeah. Brian Branch had 11 tackles, uh, three tackles wow. for loss and broke up two passes. I mean, he's just killing it. Jameer Gibbs had 80 yards. Um, let's see. I, I'm just running down here. If you will, Anderson blocked a kick. Um, he uh, had four tackles and two quarterback hits. Christian Harris uh, had three tackles. John Mechie, John Mechie with the catch. Had, had uh, 13 yards on two catches. Henry Toa Toa, 10 tackles. I mean, Led the Texans. He's, he's tied for team lead uh, in at uh, Houston. That's pretty amazing. All right. Raquan uh, Davis started. He had just had a quarterback hit. Uh, Jalen Waddle didn't play, which killed me on my fantasy team because I didn't know he wasn't playing, and I was too busy cutting this podcast to, to take him out of my lineup. Dolphins score um, 70 without Waddle, so uh... – Make your Super Bowl picks now. That's unbelievable. I mean, that's what I got to talk about. We got to talk about Tua Tonga-Vailoa. He's 23 of 26, 309, four touchdowns, no picks. Uh, Miami's only the fourth team to score 70 points a game. They could have kicked a field goal to make it 73, and it would have been the NFL record for points, which is 72. I I mean, look, he's he's just a freakazoid right now. There's still detractors out there. That are, you know, he's this, he's that. And as a friend of ours on a text chain said, you know what? Uh, the headline will probably be Miami overcomes three incompletions by Tungo Bailoa to win 70 to 20. Mm-hmm. You know, 
because some of the media just don't like the kid. I guess because he's too nice. I mean, same way people didn't like Tim Tebow. Yeah, who, who, I mean, who wouldn't like Tua? You know, he's amazing. Yeah, um, and and you know he he got off to that rough start, and in part because you know the Dolphins didn't give him any help at all. He was playing by a horrible offensive line with no receivers. That that's not a good formula. And he got off to sort of a rough start, and then the concussions. And then, you know, it was also a mess with the Brian Flores, Flores stuff, you know. Uh, it was just – I think Tua was drafted into a mess, and now Mike McDaniel has fixed it all. And, boy, what a great head coach to have if you're the quarterback, especially when he believes in you. And I think the, one of the things that's working for Tua – and, hey, I'm not going to – people out there that are listening smartly, I'm going to hand it to you instead of you just putting this together up because I do think this is Alabama-related a little bit. You need an offensive coordinator and a coach that believe in you, right? That's what works in Miami. Mike McDaniel is a Tua fan. He believes in him and built it around him. We need a little more of that in Alabama. I'm, I'm not saying that the offensive coordinator doesn't believe in Milrow. They did start another kid two games ago, all right? So I think it's fair to opine that we need a little bit more belief in Jalen, and I think it will help Jalen. And uh, hopefully that's happening because he played a, a nice second half. There's still going to be bumps on the road. Do you see that? Uh, you know, I did a thing on BOL about the snaps. Milrow has played the fewest snaps in the SEC among the starting quarterbacks. By far, this is the least experienced kid in the SEC, by far, in terms of passes thrown in college football games. The only one that's close is Carson Beck. Carson Beck hadn't thrown many either. But you know what? Carson Beck's in year four, not year three. How, how good would Milrow be a year from now? You know, just in terms of age, maturity, more experience, more time working with Reese and the offense. Uh, and and that's, that's the only one who's, who's even close to him. There are, there are three quarterbacks this league with over 1,000 career pass attempts. Jalen Milrow has 120. It's crazy. But um... – Let's just hope he keeps growing. Let's hope he has a big game this weekend. And we're going to talk about that more on the next podcast. And until then, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.